And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's amore. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as you... Oh, no, wait. Not as usual. We have a little bit of a change-up in the running order today. I'm, as usual, joined by Alex Gray, but for the first time ever, also joined by Monsieur Ali Fraser. How are you doing, Ali? I'm doing all right. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you very much. Felt a bit nervous coming on beforehand, but, you know, talking about you, Cass United, so... Well, I mean, if Hodge yeah. and I can do it, anyone can. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I feel like, oh, do I know what I'm talking about? I'm like, well, I watched the game yesterday, watched the documentary. I feel like I'm well-equipped enough, so let's see how it goes. Prior to that, you would not have been well-equipped because typically your Newcastle United knowledge has been absolutely piss-poor. Yeah, it's been absolutely fine, to be fair. Mind you, so is Gray's, but he's done a podcast for three years. It's not got any better, so the bar is quite low. I know, shocking that. But uh, <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to it. No, mate. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hodgie is away this weekend playing some golf, so we've got our relief chef, our relief co-host to step in for the first time ever, and what a fucking episode for you to join, Ali. Woof, 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 lucky boy. Yeah, good weekend so far. Great, you're not feeling too well, are you? No, just a bit under the weather, you know, but soldiering through, so looking forward to this as always. Uh, he's so brave, isn't he? It's the come down from the result yesterday, isn't it? You've come crashing down. That's it, yeah, just back to reality, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah, just on a massive high. And I think everyone in the city is as well. Why would we not be? Yes. As I say, lots to talk about and what a fantastic start to the season it has been. But before we do that, Ali, given it's your first podcast recording with us, not an icebreaker question as such, but I thought we would open up with some trivia. But also, before we start... A very happy birthday to, as Ali called him on the WhatsApp group, Mr. Newcastle United, Alan Shearer, celebrating his birthday today. So many happy returns to your club record goal scorer. And let's crack on. So what I've done is, on this special occasion, I've pulled together a higher or lower quiz. It's based on Premier League appearances. And hopefully we all understand the concept of higher or lower. I'm going to give you a player their Premier League appearances and we're going to go four more players after that you have to tell me whether they have higher or lower appearances in the Premier League for Newcastle United do we all get that? yep sounds good so our first player he scored yesterday for the fourth consecutive opening day it's Mr Callum Wilson Callum Wilson making his 76th Premier League appearance yesterday 
James Milner, higher or lower in appearances? And you can both have a guess, but Ali will go to you first, given that this is your first pod like. So oh, oh, oh. James Milner, higher or lower than Callum Wilson? James Milner, well, I only really remember when he scored that absolute bang against Man United through 2-2 <laughs> with them. But in terms of appearances, I'm going to say lower. Oh. So Ali's gone lower. Gray, Captain Controversial, I think. And it's not really controversial, is it higher or lower? But uh, I, I thought you, you said the club for quite a while. He was. So I'm going to say higher because he played a lot of games and we were playing a lot of football in Champions League Indeed. and stuff like that. I mean, it's a terrible start to his TATT career for Ali oh, Fraser. Come on. Uh, he's got that one wrong straight off the bat. James Milner made 94 Premier League appearances for Newcastle United. So about 18 more appearances than Callum Wilson. He so, said, don't ask me. <laughs> don't, I don't get why you keep bringing maths into this. It's not fair. That's not your, really your strong suit, is it? You exposed yourself about two episodes ago. I'm surprised actually it's taken that long. <laughs> I know, I've got a spreadsheet to do all that for me. Well, I was going to say, just while your boss isn't listening, but he actually does listen. <laughs> uh, right, so one point for Mr. Gray, zero points for Ali. The next player is Oberfemi Martins. So oh. Oberfemi Martins, higher or lower Premier League appearances than Jimmy Milner? And we'll go to Ali again first. Oberfemi Martins, one of my favourite players as well, so I feel like I've really got to nail this now. You keep setting yourself up with this I massive know, pedestal. I know, I know, I need to shut up actually every time I give an answer. <laughs> It's got to be lower. I think it has to be lower. Okay. Gray, what are you saying? Yeah, I was thinking lower straight away. Okay, both correct. It is lower. Over Femi Martins played 88 times in the Premier League for oh, Newcastle United. That's yeah. six lower than Jimmy Mullen. No, there's not. So that's 2-1 for Monsieur Gray. The next player is Craig Bellaby, everyone's favourite little Welsh bastard. <laughs> he got chinned by birthday boy Shearer. Uh, but Craig Bellamy... Higher or lower Premier League appearances than Oberfemi Martins. We'll go to Ali first again. Um, he also featured in Europe as well for us. So I kind of want to say higher. Remember, this is just Premier League appearances, but I'm oh, going okay. to lock in your first answer. Surely I get like beginner's second chance here. So I'm going to rescind that first answer of higher. I'm going to go lower. Okay, lower. Gray, what are you saying? I was going to go higher because there's a few years he had that partnership with Shiro. Before mm-hmm. the big fallout. Yeah, I'm thinking higher, but probably not much in it again. Oberfemi Martins, 88 Premier League appearances. Craig Bellamy, terrible, terrible start for Ali. He even had the right answer, then he backed out of it. 93 Premier League appearances for Craig Bellamy. So what's that, 3-1 to Gray? I feel like you've chosen where the gaps are like tighter than a cat's arse. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping like 10-20 swings either <laughs> way, but no, it's like two or three appearances. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You're in for luck this time as well. So our final player, <laughs> Craig Bellamy, 93 appearances in the PL. Final player, and he's still on the roster, Javi Mankio. Ali, the final time, higher or lower? I'm going to say lower. Okay, Gray? Yeah, it's got to be lower. Oh, ladies may quite feet in. Yeah, lower. You're both incorrect. It is higher. Javi Mankio so far is at 96 Premier League appearances for Newcastle United. So you both get that one wrong. Uh, and that was Premier League higher or lower. And I think the scores finish on 3-1 Bray. So really put the new boy in his places. Yeah. But welcome, Ali. Thank you very much. I think when I gave my prediction in that little brief cameo last episode and I said I predict 3-1, I actually meant for the higher or lower. Oh, yeah. Game sure. rather than the Aston Villa scoreline. So, so did I. Yeah, I should put money on the higher or lower. Yeah, yeah sure, sure thing. <laughs> 
Right, that's enough of that shite. Ali has been well and truly introduced to the podcast. Let's get talking about the football. So the 2023-24 season is here. It has arrived. Premier League football is back. And boy, is it back with a fucking bang for Newcastle United. Champions League football secured. A lot of people doubting us. A lot of pundits saying, well, they're not going to do this year. Or they're going to fall outside. Or they're going to fall short with European football. Time will tell whether that's the case, but certainly we have made an absolute statement on day one, haven't we? First game at home to Aston Villa, who've become somewhat of a, a rival in a weird way for us over the last few seasons, probably because they're shit houses. I just don't think we've really, really forgiven them for the sob on the time. That has just stuck oh, with yeah. me. Or relegating us via Damien Duff's arse a few years ago. <laughs> Never forget that either, but boy oh boy, back with a bang. So war flags, fantastic display in the stadium. Newcastle United also with the pyrotechnics. The cauldron is back and the scene was set, certainly, wasn't it? And what a game it was. Ali! Yes. You just go on and talk about it now, mate. <laughs> 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 okay. I thought it was like an opening question to begin with, but no. uh, yes. Fantastic display at the 1892 in the East Stands with the crest either sides. What a great show again by War Flags. I feel like Tonali like, looked at Sven Botman in the lineup and just was like, is this what it's always like at home? And friends <laughs> like giving them the nod, just be like, yeah, you know, this is what you can expect every game. But yeah, mm. fantastic atmosphere. And I think with a team like Villa, as you said, were quite similar in terms of team strength. And I think the, the display that we had kind of really put the shits up them, I think. So it certainly did. I mean, you've, you've touched on it there. It was a day of debuts, wasn't it, Gray? I mean, we had Sandro Tonali in from the start, Harvey Barnes coming on from the bench, who we'll get to a bit later, but also. Moussa Diaby starting for Villa, who we were supposedly interested in the summer. Debut delight. Yeah, they all played massive parts in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll touch on Tonali probably close towards the end of this segment, but just his influence and just his presence in the game was... I don't think we've probably seen a better Premier League debut. Well, certainly from my memory, no matter what club. like His influence in the game was just huge. He just looks a serious player. And before the game, I did think that they were a bit of a, a dangerous team to watch, but I think really? we just showed some serious class and probably the gulf between the TT. I know it's only day one in the league, but the gulf between us and them, I think, was quite striking. I know they really? lost players, uh, like the last key player, like Mings, through injury early on, but still. Wendier before the game as well. But. I don't think two players would have made a huge difference to the way we played and the way we approached the game. So who isn't excited for what's next? I mean, it was absolutely mental, wasn't it? We had a whole summer of people talking shite, haven't we? You know, expectations around us, people saying that they don't think we're going to be up there. We don't think we're going to be able to maintain the momentum. Lots of people talking about Sandro Tonali. Lots of people playing him down, saying he won't be able to to get up to speed in the league. Lots of people saying that we overpaid for him, but, you know... Six minutes into his debut for Newcastle United, after some great work from Anthony Gordon on the left-hand side, he bags his first goal for Newcastle United. An absolute delirium. I think the crowd went into what a fantastic debut. I mean, we'll talk about him in more detail as we go on, but I think it's worth saying as well, prior to this, I think expectations were quite low for Newcastle United because obviously we'd drawn 3-3 with Villa in pre-season, where they'd looked really dangerous. But as Gray said, you know, they'd lost danger men and I don't think really that would have ultimately affected the total performance. We were all over them, but it was certainly really interesting to see. I mean, Ali, if we start with the, the team sheet, mm. 
some surprises on there. Obviously, Sean Longstaff, very unlucky to drop out yes. um, because of the season he had last year, but you're not going to keep someone like Sandro on the bench for long. And then obviously Anthony Gordon starting, hopefully where he left off from last season on that left-hand side. And they both had massive impacts on the game from the start, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And oddly enough, I know we've just been talking about him, but I actually thought Sandro Tonali was the surprise on the team sheet because I know Eddie Howe likes to normally slowly bring players into the game. You know, yeah. he brings them on for like 15, 20 minutes at the end of the game just to kind of introduce them, especially if they're not used to the Premier League. I know he did it with Bruno, did it with Sven Botman. But I thought he was going to do it with Tonali. Mm. I mean, maybe the summer series where they played in the US, I mean, granted, completely different ball game when we're looking at yeah. pre-season friendly compared to the Premier League. But yeah, I was surprised to see his name on the team. I actually thought Sean Ogstoff was very unlucky not to start. Mm. But come on. I mean, Sandro Tonali, I think I read somewhere that it was like the quickest goal scored by an NUSC debutant ever. So... The fact that he got oh, really? his yeah, he got his debut goal within six minutes kind of just shows the class that we're now bringing into the club. You could see how everybody, you know, in the celebrations, especially Bruno, so happy for them. And I love seeing them all celebrate together. And he smiled, so. <laughs> we thought it would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he hates being here. I don't know about that. You see the Twitter and the social media admins have done yeah. it like ironically and said, bro, doesn't look like he wants to be there. Just with a picture of him celebrating with all the fans. Exactly. Yeah. I did see that That's as well. Real fuck you. Yeah. Great. Did you have a point? Yeah, just another quick point on the main man, Tanali. Eddie Howe seemed to state in his post-match interview about how calm and relaxed he was before obviously his Premier League debut at home and I think anyone in their right mind would be shitting themselves yeah. against it. Hearing the noise, the expectation on you being that big money signing, which I hate the term big money signing because we spend yeah. half as much on him as other teams have on various other players. So I don't yeah. know how he justifies that tag, but I think it just shows his temperament and his mentality just how chilled and laid back he is and he's just ready to switch it on probably at any any moment and yeah good for Logsaf to miss out but Tanali showed his class and I think you've got to be an exceptional player to keep him on the bench by the looks of it 100% I mean it's giving me goosebumps even thinking about that first goal now honestly but that midfield three we've got is it gets bandied around too much that term world class but you have to argue that our midfield three is world class and the strength and depth that we have now, you have to look at it as a positive, don't you? You've got Longstaff on the bench, you've got Willock to come back, and you've got Elliot Anderson hopefully trying to break through the ranks this year. <laughs> I think we're in a very, very fortunate position. I talked about in the preseason predictions, but definitely strengthening that side and helping us to get Europe ready. Uh, Ali, do you have a point before we move on? Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting because obviously the preseason when we were playing against Aston Villa and you saw a lot of Villa fans get very excited that Tonali got absolutely bodied by yeah. Buendia. And then obviously after yesterday, there was uh, a lot of quote tweets of everyone saying, are you sure? You know, the fact that I obviously wish Buendia all the, all the best, you know, in his recovery because I understand he's got a bit of a substantial injury, same as Ollie Watkins, but... Tyron Mings, you mean? Yeah, Tyron Mings, sorry. And yeah, the fact that Tonali just came in and just bossed the midfield the way he did on his first Premier League debut just shows how ready he actually was for the Premier League. Yeah, made bloody Bruno and Joe Linton look quite quiet, which is not something they're probably used to. They they were they were kind of behind the scenes a little bit almost yesterday, but obviously still put in excellent shifts, and I thought were were brilliant. But it's a sign of a good player if you don't notice them. 
in my mind. I tell you what wasn't quiet though. Gone. Bruno's haircut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what that was is interesting. He thinking? I love the I love the white hair that him and Joe Linton did last year. I think it really suits him, but he's he's had a shocker. Yeah, I can't really deny that. <laughs> Not good. Just but... like someone else we know had a shocker at the barbers the other day. Oh, is that your little segue for my moustache, is it? Yeah, it was. Interesting. Thank you, Gray. Thanks for that. I didn't actually see that one coming. Yes, had a bit of a mishap at the barber's last week. Asked him to trim my beard. Uh, he ended up shaving it all off. Bar the moustache, which was just damage <laughs> limitation. I went, do you think what could keep the moustache? He went, yeah, good idea. Uh, it would be a good look for you. I think it looks good, but we'll move on anyway. Right, so Sandro Tonali makes it 1-0. After six minutes on his Newcastle United debut, fantastic. The players absolutely burst into celebration, but it was cut short. I think five or so minutes after, as I say, a man we've been interested in. Supposedly, I think a lot of it is fan-run and kind of fan-induced, but Moussa Diaby, after some piss-poor defending, I would say, makes it 1-1, and they're right back in the game. Uh, Ali, I mean, just a, a, a total mess at the back, wasn't it? How... First of all, Watkins finds that space and then Diaby finds himself completely unmarked in our box. I do not know. Yeah, so Ollie Watkins finds themselves into a pocket of space and kind of just puts it more of into a danger zone. And I, yeah. I, I know Dan Byrne was kind of dragged. I don't know which player he was marking, but he was kind of dragged away from Diaby, so it wasn't marking him as much. And like you've said, like it was a player that we've been looking after. It probably is fan-led. It normally is now that, you know, the ownership that we have and the money. So sometimes it can be agent talk, but yeah. you can kind of see why people would have been really excited if he had joined Newcastle. And he was one of the players that as soon as Villa got them, I was like, any club but Villa. But, you know, yeah, he took the goal really, really well. He looked dangerous in attack every time, but we did really well to nullify any further advances from their attack, especially Diaby. Yeah, I think so. There was a few chances either way, kind of before and after that, wasn't there? So, Gray Sandro could have made it 2-0 on that left-hand side after some good work from Gordon, but he fired it straight at Martinez. And then I think Watkins could have made it, I don't know whether that was 2-2 or 2-1 at that point. But yeah, the chances were flowing either way, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, that second Sandro chance would have been huge. I mean, he already had the dream start, but imagine bagging two in a matter of minutes would have lifted the place but I mean I think it did highlight our dodgy defending at times and it sounded like we were quite exposed I didn't manage to see all the match but yeah I think it's probably just teething problems again and just players settling in and like we had Shah back in the squad she's not played a lot in pre-season due to injury so I'm not too concerned about that especially if we're going to go and score as many as we did at the other end yeah exactly entertainers just mark two fucking right I think um we could spend three hours talking about that match alone, but I'm going to try and hurry this along as much as I possibly can. So, Diaby makes it 1-1. He's a good player, uh, and I thought he was going to turn Dan Byrne inside out the entire afternoon. Thankfully, that didn't turn out to be the case, but it was inevitable, wasn't it? Isaac has to feature on the day. A little training ground routine. You see Kieran Trippier passed off to our main man, Sandro Tonali, pops it into the box. Ali, it wasn't quite a Botman goal that we've been looking for for the past year, but... Botman puts it on a plate for Isaac, who makes it 2-1. It was a great goal, wasn't it? It was. And I mean, you know, every time you and I go to the pub and watch it, every time there's a corner, I'm like, Botman header. It's got to be Botman header. <laughs> I don't know why. There's one play I've just always want to see score, and it has to be Botman. I've even called my team Botman Begins in the talk of the two podcast Fantasy Premier League. Oh, good segue. Oh, it's a segue, yeah. Fucking hell, it's come for a bed. You wouldn't have thought this was my first time, would you? Hodgie's never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was fantastic. And when I watched Sandro Tonali during the under-21s, because there was no football on, and it was the only way it was going to scratch that itch. Yeah, his deliveries, I was expecting to see some of that yesterday. We saw it in that goal. Fantastic stretch by Sven Botman and yeah, fantastically put it on a plate for Isaac, who, cool as you like it, you know, put it away past Martinez and uh, yeah, 2-1 up. Yeah, some shouts for offside, but he was very clearly onside, so let's not even talk about that. But Isaac, man, he has ice in his fucking veins, that lad. I think this is going to be his season. Again, we talked about it. Um, I think, Gray, you said that Isaac was going to be our top scorer this season when I put the gun to your head. No, I said Wilson. Did you say Wilson? She said Isaac. Who did I go with? You said Isaac as well. Okay, good. Thank God for that. I do have some sense. Well, you know, they both got goals on the day, but we'll, we'll, again, we'll come to that. And that was kind of it for the first half, wasn't it? There was a one last controversial decision, which, Gray, I'm going to come to you on, given you are captain controversy. 10 minutes of added time because of what looked like a really nasty injury for Tyrone Mings and also the, the referees clamping down on time-wasting and all shenanigans that are going on. I've seen a few matches over the weekend. They do seem to be really clamping down on this. Thankfully, we kept the ball in play a lot. But... Just before the halftime whistle goes, Emmy Martinez brings Miguel Moron down outside of his box and he's given a yellow card. I'm going to put it plainly to you, Gray. Was it the correct decision? Yeah, after seeing it a few times, I think it was because, I mean, maybe he was on his own up there. And it wasn't like he tried to, well, he grabbed hold of his shoulder. It wasn't really any kind of malice in it. And yeah, Villa had a few players coming back. I think they had one player in the 18-yard box and three others just outside. So they had plenty of cover. He wasn't last man. And yeah, I think it was a yellow card. Was the goalkeeper though? It doesn't really, it doesn't matter though. Like he's made a mistake. You probably compare it to, to Pope's incident against Liverpool, but the difference was he didn't handle the ball. He got sent off for that. A deliberate handball is a straight red, mm. a professional foul when you're not last man is a yellow card but it does raise a question of if you are last man as a defender and the goalkeeper's between you and the goal it is a red card so given the fact that there was one player between the goalkeeper and the goal similar to the offside rule does that then make him in theory the last defender so should it have been a straight red because I think so theory he was the last man but I don't know the rules and if goalkeepers are protected like they always seem to be well they they do seem to be protected don't they so your your first controversial call of, of the season we're back first episode you think that was right to be a yellow card i would have loved to see him sent off though because he is probably my most hated player total shit in football full stop yeah he doesn't deserve to to be on a pitch anywhere oh wow now that is controversial he's a hell of a, goal- <laughs> he's a, hell of a goalkeeper he's just a shit bloke <laughs> I wouldn't want him in my team. Okay, well, we'll, we'll send a message to Amanda and Murdad now. Uh, don't sign Emmy Martinez at, at whatever cost. Ali, do you agree with Gray, or are you gonna are you gonna rock the boat? No. <laughs> when I watched this, obviously in the first instance, I was swearing bloody Mary, like get him off the pitch. Terrible decision. He's taking him out. Once I then calmed down and then watched it on replay, I thought to be fair, there was one player in between him and Emmy Martinez. I mean, as Gray says. There's one player between him and the goal. It's not the goalkeeper. It's another defender. Can't use his hands. So there is an argument to say he should have been sent off. But yeah, I, I, I think it was the right call to give a yellow because if he was in the centre of the pitch, probably 
there's more chance of him being uh, in on goal. But he still had to cut in. And you know how Miggy loves to cut in on his left foot. I think by that point, I think a lot of players would have been back in and they probably would have prevented the potential goal. But yeah, I, I don't think it was a, a red card. I think yellow card was just... And I hate Amy Martinez as well. Um, but I also hated Anthony Gordon and he's joined us and I absolutely love him. So I uh, <laughs> but I don't want Amy Martinez to join us. Right, okay. I think you've talked me down from the ledge. I think yesterday I was absolutely outraged that it wasn't a red card. And thankfully, it didn't matter in the balance of play. I think there's some people saying like, yeah, there was a defender back, but that defender's not a goalkeeper. He's not going to save the ball with his hands from going in. But I think on balance, Miggy was going away from the goal. So he's going towards the corner flag. I don't think it was necessary in a goal scoring position, especially given that the bloke has no fucking right foot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So I think probably a correct decision on balance as much as tough as it is to say. I could spend an hour ranting about this, yeah, but, let's, they've let's brought, not. They, but they they they've brought in some very soft yellow card rules. So why not yeah. bring in some very soft red card rules as well? No, that's a good point. I've seen a lot of soft yellow cards given. Uh, I mean, Luca Dina, I think one of our players went to pick the ball up for a throw, and he just taps it out of his hands. Immediate yellow card. I mean, good because <laughs> Luca Dina is a dickhead. But it just showed you like we're going to have to be super careful this year with time wasting because we were definitely guilty of it last year as much as it was brilliant to watch. Okay, and that rounded off the half. We then came back, and boy, did we come back with a bloody bang. It was on the 58th minute, so we had 13 minutes to wait for another goal, and it was that man Isaac again. Some good work, direct running from Anthony Gordon, plays a pass forward to Isaac. Ponce picks it up initially, but then I don't know what the fuck the lad does, but he loses it to Isaac, who just dinks it over Martinez and Pau Torres for what is, again, another incredibly cool goal from the bloke. We think back, Ali, when we were at West Ham last season and Isaac got the ball outside the box and just dinks it over Fabianski and then yeah. admires it going in. But another really clinical but cool finish and great work, industrious work from Isaac, right? Yeah, it was. And I mean, as a striker, you want to have, you know, that instinct. You don't want to think about it and think where you're going to put it or how you're going to put it past Martinez. And you just know when Isaac gets the ball, he's just going to put it past the keeper. And he just has that instinct, you know. And he had to do it really quickly because he, well, he wasn't to know Conce was going to be daft and lose the ball (laughs) because it was much of a a Conce mistake than what it was, you know, an Isaac beauty so the fact that he dinked it over Martinez I think that was probably my favourite out of all the goals yeah uh, just because the way he took it and yeah obviously he's also in my fantasy football team so <laughs> I was obviously elated no when he got all. two goals <laughs> uh, yeah really really clinical finish from him and I think it's just what we come to expect Gray what were your thoughts on the goal yeah I just think the mistake is probably being highlighted more than the fact that Isaac just didn't give up he ran to try and get the ball in the first attempt and when he didn't gain possession of the ball at first out of asking he didn't give up pressing like many strikers may have just stopped there but he actually forced that mistake to happen and he was there to capitalize and cool as like finish um and yeah, one which uh, I think Jacob Murphy should watch and actually that's <laughs> yeah. how you finish a goal. Yeah, he's he's missed a few dinks in his path, hasn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's the absolute dictionary definition of a pressing forward, isn't it? You you press players, you make make mistakes and you capitalise on them. It's so key to the, the brand of football that Eddie Howe plays and we've got to really be pushing and pressing and keeping that high line. So 
Isaac gets on that second goal, which is fantastic. We then are in quite a comfortable position. And for the first time ever, we see uh, Harvey Barnes make an appearance. He comes on in the 68th minute alongside Callum Wilson to make his St. James's Park debut. Another debutante. Um, and what fucking depth and what quality we now have to bring off the bench. It was absolutely unbelievable and what a position we're in. It wasn't long before they made their first impact, was it? I think 68 minutes they come on and 77 minutes before the inevitable Callum Wilson scores on the opening day of the season. As I said before, for the fourth consecutive season, he loves an opening day goal, doesn't he, Ali? He does. Now, I think we've now got the two players that came on. So Callum Wilson loves a goal against West Ham, right? Harvey Barnes, I wasn't aware of this, but again, Harvey Barnes also loves a goal against Aston Villa. And, uh, you know, when I've been watching some of the Aston Villa YouTubers, like I said, I feel like I'm quite sadistic when I talk about this, like enjoying them in pain, watching us put five past them. But they were like, oh, of course, Harvey Barnes scores against us. But yeah, he looks to have had a decent record against Fuller. But yeah, what an impact. And as you say, great depth to the squad. Bringing on two quality players and the way they linked up. Mind, let's not overlook Sandro's first time pass to Harvey Barnes, who oh, then yeah. puts on a plate for Callum Wilson. Slotsville. And oh, again, great, great goal. More of a team goal because uh, yeah, even Joe Linton's little flick to Sandro as well was just a nice little touch in that build-up too. But yeah, a great way to introduce... Harvey Barnes's kind of first assist for Newcastle and obviously followed up by his goal, which we'll, I guess, talk is very shortly after. But yeah, great uh, players coming yeah. on the pitch for us. So it was fantastic to see that immediate link-up. Another goal involvement for Sandro. So scores the first one, gets the pre-assist, I guess you would call it, on the second one. Yeah. Dillinger was involved in the third one. Well, the fourth one, again, another pre-assist, I guess, in inverted commas. But absolutely clinical from Harvey Barnes coming in from that left-hand side. I was almost a little surprised he didn't take it himself, Gray. Yeah, and I think just going to mention that for a player, we were probably quite nervous about his assist record last year, only having one yet managing to score 13 <laughs> goals. So, I mean, when you look at that stat, you would have thought he would have gone on his own. But, I mean, yeah, testament to the bloke and just being a true team player to put it on a plate for Wilson to fire at home. Yeah, just very excited to see what he's going to bring. I feel a little sorry for the blokes. I feel like as much as he's being recognised for an incredible debut. Overshadowed, wasn't he? Bloody Italian still the show. <laughs> well, there's Gray with his Brexit positivity again. Bloody Italians. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, what a fantastic introduction. Goal involvement straight away and assisting a goal on his debut. Couldn't ask for more, but I think that was going to be my point as well, Gray. Like, Completely overshadowed by Sandro, given that he got the first goal and that given that he completely bossed the game. But, you know, Harvey was to have his moment. Again, I said it, I was surprised he didn't take that first one, given his clinical nature in front of goal. But he does round off the show after an excellent through ball from another substitute, Jacob Murphy. Powerful run, direct towards goal. No faffing about like we may have seen from ASM in the past. And then Harvey Barnes smashes it past Martinez to make it 5-1 and really compound the misery for Aston Villa. I mean, once he's through on goal, Ali, it was absolutely inevitable, wasn't it? Harvey Barnes was going to score that. It was. It was inevitable. Like You could see him bearing down on goal. He had so much space. And I know they had a very similar situation beforehand where him and Callum Wilson were both through on goal. And there was a bit of overthinking, I think, in that play where they were like, right, when do we time it? And it, they kind of had it off in the first instance but yeah make no doubt the second time around that Harvey Barnes put it past Emmy Martinez and yeah it was great to see him on the score sheets but 
weirdly enough, my favourite moment uh, of that goal was actually when Hobby Bonds was celebrating. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. And there was this fan in the background. And I've seen it on Twitter, like, those people comment on it. And I don't know why, but it's just the precision of his wrist flick of when he was, like, letting go of the arrow. And it was just perfect. And it just, I don't know, it just made the day, like, watching that as well. Just the little icing on the cake, just seeing that much enjoyment on our fan space as, you know, as soon as Hobby Bonds puts it in the back of the net. I love it, man. And I'm seeing all these pictures of all the crowds in the backgrounds. And I think the one amazing thing is there's not a phone in sight. Everyone's there living in the moment, soaking in the atmosphere. And I bet they're so glad they did. It's not like Man United. You'll be watching it all through a screen. True fans. Yeah. Living down in London. Yeah. Um, right. I think, And then obviously, as I say, the, the game ends and we finish the first day of the season with a 5-1 victory. Going to go to a quick break now because that's a lot of talking before our first break, but we're going to come back with post-match thoughts and then some other things that have been going on. Before we do, though, Spurs should probably do the social plug so you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Would love it if you could give us a follow and you're feeling super generous, a five-star rating or review. You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Right, we shall see you in a second. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, okay, and we're back, and bloody hell, absolutely raring to go now, like, 5-1. I think the official man of the match was Alexander Isaac, but you have to consider fantastic performances that maybe went under the radar, as we say, from Sandro Tonali. His maybe didn't go under the radar so much, given he was poster boy for the day. But Anthony Gordon had a fantastic game. Harvey Barnes came on and made a fantastic impact. Um, you've got the unsung heroes, uh, as usual, the Sven Botmans, uh, the Kieran Trippiers, the Brunos, Joe Linton's. A hard, hard choice to pick player of the match for that game, wasn't it, Ali? It was really hard. And I mean, for me, I thought Alexander Isaac was the right choice. But Sandro Tonardi was a close, close second. I, I thought both players were fantastic. And as you say, yeah, other mentions to Anthony Gordon, who was just an absolute workhorse. And there was one point, actually, it was in the first half, like it really stood out when Anthony Gordon tracked back and I think he was like one of the last players and I think there was a Villa player through on goal and he tracked them back all the way to the byline and then forced it out for a corner and you know that's the type of player we've been after and you can see why in the documentary which we'll chat about later Amanda and Murdad were just so keen to get Anthony Gordon but yeah he was fantastic as well Harvey Barnes brilliant and I didn't really think the back four did much wrong and like I said, I thought Dan Byrne was going to get done a number of times, but he held his own and did a fantastic job at the back. But yeah, I agree. Alexander Isaac definitely might have the match for his two goals and just all-round general play up top. 
I think you're right to call out Anthony Gordon, though. He had a fantastic summer, was player of the tournament in the under-21 Euros, admittedly playing more of a central striking role, but has come back a new man. And, you know, we're talking about Harvey Barnes being an upgrade on ASM, uh, which, by the way, he definitely is, given the clinical nature which he started his Newcastle United career. But bloody hell, if we're going to see more of that from Anthony Gordon, you know, we've we've got very little to worry about on that left-hand flank and potentially up front as well if there's anything goes wrong with Wilson or Isaac. I mean, Gray, you didn't, given your ropey internet connections, manage to catch all of the match, but given what you've seen, do you think Isaac was the right choice, man of the match, player of the match, whatever you've got to call it these days? Yeah, well, I think for me, there is only three candidates and Isaac, Tonali and Barnes as well, like just given the impact he had coming on. If yeah. the game was 3-3 and he had that impact coming off a bench to influence those final two goals, then for me, yeah, certainly man of the match. But you can't look past Tonali. I was reading before, I think he mentioned he was involved in three goals, but actually what I read is that he impacted four goals. Yeah, four goal contributions. Whether that was the pre-assist, the assist or the goal itself. And he probably should have had another one straight after his first he seems so skillful on the ball like his little dinky one touch passes and just he finds a space mm. and just that delivery for Isaac's first goal again put it on a plate I mean Botman had to stretch a little bit which he probably wasn't very thankful for but I mean <laughs> yeah it was almost inch perfect and just what is this bloke going to bring to this team oh, it's unbelievable he's looking an absolute sniff at the 63 million quid or whatever we bought him for he's looking like an absolute bargain I can't wait to see what he can do this season, especially in Europe. Um, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, we, I think we've really made a statement in that game. Ali, do you have a point before we moved on? Yeah, I just wanted to quickly say, like, I think the consistency that he's been showing, I know this is the first game of the 23-24 season, Boom. but we even saw it last year, you know, notably the Everton game where he turned about four Everton defenders inside out. And you know he's just got that close control and there's a lot of likening to... Thierry Henry you know and you can see those qualities Mm -hmm. in the way he's very good in tight spaces and manages to move the ball um, in those spaces to kind of create chances but uh, yeah I think the fact that he's shown this level of consistency yeah he's just a fantastic player and I'm so excited to see him what he can do with a full season absolutely oh yeah really put a marker down on the flip side of that we'll see what we can do and what we're capable of but I feel like there are still gaps missing in this team, Gray. And and before we move on to other bits and draw a line under what was a fantastic opening day, kind of be remiss to to talk about if there are any kind of missing components you feel in that starting eleven. If there are any gaps we can plug or any areas you think we can strengthen based on that performance. Just from what I've seen and read, it sounded like our our defence was a little bit suspect at times. And I mean, I've been crying out for it ages now. But a new left back has to be top of the list but apparently Livermento has played at left back before so it'll be interesting to see so trips for England and Trippier yeah so it'll be interesting to see if there is a bit of a, a mix up coming around that as solid as Dan Byrne is and as good a defender he is for me he just isn't mm. a left back and I am scared to death when he's up against a good winger <laughs> um, yeah but yeah the, the, the other position for me just squad depth is that right centre back I know we've got the cells on the bench mm. but I think to bring in another quality centre half would just sheer things up in terms of depth yeah. for me I can't wait to see Dan Byrne and his nine fingers at left back at the fucking Bernabeu lad from Blythe <laughs> to the Bernabeu fucking right 
<laughs> I think I agree. I don't have anything to add to that. We've talked about it in the last couple of pods, but certainly left back, yeah. But I think right centre back, yeah. I, I guess what you do by bringing in a really talented left back that allows you to move Dan Byrne more central and you've got more depth at centre half, which is a good thing. Not sure there's any really, really good left backs that we've been rumoured with out there, but also the press lately so amanda murder jamie rubin and eddie howe all coming out and darren eels who did that interview i think on bbc radio newcastle said that we're going to have to be creative with our remaining transfer activity they're keen to bring in one more player but they say they have to be creative so that either looks like it's going to be a loan or a staggered payment which is pretty much i think how other than fucking anthony gordon who has spent apparently all in cash according to that documentary <laughs> is how things are done usually ali do you think we'll bring in someone else before the end of the window well i think we will i think it will be that right set in the back position just because as you said chips livermento can play in that left back world and we've got target yeah, and yeah we've got target as well actually the forgotten man and Demet. Yeah, and Dummett. Yeah. Um Paolo. But, you know, I did see Eddie Howe when he was on Sky Sports after the match saying he's after one more player. Yeah. How close that is, I don't know. I think we'll probably, you know, we've got two weeks of the window left, so let's see what happens. Eddie Howe knows what he needs, and I trust whatever he thinks is best for the club and for the team. Yeah. One thing I think we've learned over the last, what was it, three years now since the takeover? Two years, Three, I think. two years. God knows. However long ago it was, we have learned to trust very much in the system because the system has not let us down. Our owners have not let us down and Eddie has not let us down. So absolutely comfortable sitting here knowing that they'll do the right thing. And if they don't bring someone in, they will have done it for the right reasons and they won't be overpaying for players. Trust in the fucking process. We've mentioned it a couple of times, I guess, to start bringing this pod to, to a close. The day before, uh, so on Friday the new Amazon documentary, We Are Newcastle United, came out. So that kept me going Friday evening. Then I had the football to look forward to on the Saturday. But episode one came out on Friday of We Are Newcastle United. And I think gave us a really, really interesting view to the goings on behind the scenes at Newcastle United, Gray. Yeah, I'm just so excited for it. Like I enjoyed all the all the nothing documentaries. Like you had the one around Leeds, Man City, I've not watched the Spurs one, but the Arsenal one, again, just really, really good insights into how clubs are run and especially the focus on some of the managers and how they can impact players and yeah. turn things around. And yeah, just have it about our own club. And I don't know about you guys, but after that opening sequence, I was just full of goosebumps and just excitement and reliving some of those moments from last season was just unreal. And just to think that actually happened, it always feels like a bit of a dream. That yeah, so so much happened in a year. Yeah, but also just fell in love with our owners even more after the opening ten minutes. The way they spoke, their ambitions, yeah. just, they just seemed so down to earth, such nice people, and aware of absolutely everything that's mm-hmm. going on. Uh, whether that's positive in terms of a football club or also the negative sides of things, which we've been linked to, given the Saudi sports washing elements. Indeed, and yeah, they they weren't shy to, to talk about it I think Amanda in the documentary mentioned the conflict with Amnesty International and things like that and they're just so open and yeah just just loved every second of it yeah I think it was a great opening episode totally agree and what I took from it is it's not just talk these owners are absolutely committed to to getting us to the the upper echelons of world football 
and making us a super club. Yasser Al-Ramayan, His Excellency, he's the absolute dog's bollocks, isn't he? Gives you some confidence. You certainly can't imagine Mike Ashley being fucking recorded as part of an Amazon documentary, can you? Oh, the shite he probably would have come out with. Ali, what were your thoughts on episode one? I thought it was great. One thing I will say, in all respect to Anthony Gormley, but get rid of the Angel of the North. Replace her with a statue of Amanda Staveley because she is the real Angel <laughs> of the North. She was absolutely <laughs> she was absolutely spot on. You said that one repaired, on not you? Oh, I did. Yes. I did. I've got it written down with me sweaty palms. <laughs> <laughs> she gave such a great account of herself. Like, you could see that she was really desperate to be involved with the club and they showed you um, photos and videos of her and her dad at St. James's Park when we were playing Liverpool in I think 2017 it was. And it just shows you that they were in it for the long game and they were doing their research. Yeah. And I'm just so pleased that they're involved with our football club. Um, but yeah, I thought the documentary is fantastic. Um, appreciate there are probably elements that, you know, in, in respect of the ownership that people would have liked to have seen more of or, you know, like to see addressed, you know, is it ethical and all of that, which I appreciate, yeah. even as a Newcastle United fan and to give balance as well. But I like the fact that it kind of focused more on the buying of the players and more of the business of the running of a football club. But I think in the next few episodes, I'd like to see more of Eddie Howe and, you know, training and, um, more of the team talks because yeah from what I saw in the first episode as Gray was saying it really gives you those goosebumps and gets you raring for the, the next three episodes yeah I know I can't believe they're releasing them one episode a week I was fully expecting and waiting just to absolutely hammer them all in one go um, but that's good TV isn't it leaves you wanting more yeah I, I really really enjoyed it I think to be honest anything Newcastle United where you get a bit of a view of what's going on behind the scenes is is enjoyable so bring on the next episode and I think Aspirations is to have a house like Yasser Aramayans where it's absolutely no problem to invite a hundred people around at very short notice quite comfortably and host them. I love that. It's not a bad place to be is it? That brings us quite nicely to a close. Ali you'd mentioned that there's there's been a successful weekend for all teams, all Newcastle United teams, so the, the, the ladies teams and the, the young lads team, right? Yeah, so I think before I saw that the under-21s had beat Southampton under-21. I know the Miley brothers both featured in that game as well and I understand Parkinson, who I know had also featured in our preseason, got on the score sheet today. Jay Turner Cook as well. Exactly. Apparently scored a screamer. And then um, the women's beat Chesterly Street 9-0 as well. So it's been a fantastic day all round for uh, both the men's and the women's team. It's great to be a Newcastle United fan this weekend. And I guess uh, hopefully the, the documentary would cover that as well. We want to see all aspects of Newcastle United rising up to the top. You know, it's not just about the first team, about building the academy. And I know it's a huge passion of Amanda Stabley's to to really put the ladies team on the map as well. So it seems like they're, they're doing good work on that side. Well, do you have another point before we go, Ali? Yeah, I just want to also say, and to round off another fantastic week. I'll say thanks to your mum, or mum and your dad. Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not quite yet. I wanted to make a point before that, but I know we said it was uh, Mr. Newcastle United's birthday, but um, I also want to congratulate him on his new job after you know doing his punditry as being a pilot for uh, shipping off Harry Kane to the Bundesliga, <laughs> just so that we can see Alan Shearer retain his record of 260 goals as the all-time greatest scorer in the Premier League, which yeah. I'm so happy about. I'm not going to lie, Kane was great for the Premier League, but I'm just so Newcastle focused that I'm pleased to see the back of them. That's until think- City sell Haaland and Kane uh, signs for City in a couple <laughs> yeah. of years. 
Yeah, true. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Shearer came back to that like in typical Shearer fashion. He was like, you know, people have come and gone. Rooney, Ronaldo. Then he's just like reeling off all these players. Aguero's reeling off all these players that have been said that they'll beat his record, but none of them have. It just really puts into perspective the achievement that Shearer has and long may it continue because he's a fucking legend and happy birthday. <laughs> uh, I think that just about rounds us up. Is there anything I've missed? No, I've done the social plugs, introduced Ali. I think that's it, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yes, smashed it. Yeah. Nice one. Well, we say we smashed it. That's a long time we've recorded, but we could happily go on for more, as we say. What a start to the season. Long may it continue. We've put Villa in their place, onwards and upwards to Manchester City. Oh, yeah, predictions. Oh, yeah. So we've got City next. Durr. I asked you both if there was anything I forgot. You both said no. So we play Manchester City away on Saturday, 19th of August, 8 p.m. kickoff. Maybe we can go and watch that in the pub alley. I will be about for that one. Doodle bar afterwards. Good lad. Doodle. Yeah, I wonder why. Right. So as is the tradition, we're going to make some score predictions and we're going to go put a pound bet. None of our bets came in, actually. I think we had a few three ones. I put 2-0. Hodgie put 1-1. But I did have a bet on Harvey Barnes to score in his debut. So what are our score predictions for Manchester City away on Saturday? And I'll start with you, Gray. I think it's going to be a tricky one, but... Always like playing Man City early on, and also I don't know the nature of De Bruyne's injury, but he had to go off very early on Friday night. Mm. So I mean, probably not a bad time to play them. And on current form, I can see us scoring a few goals. Yeah, why not go for an upset? Let's say I'm going to go for three one again to Newcastle. To Newcastle, wow, those yeah. trousers straight in there. Love that grey. Uh, Ali, your first ever live, I guess, prediction on the podcast. Yes, what are you saying? Um, I really want to be that optimistic, but again, I can just see Haaland on form. And I think I'm going to go 1-0 City. I'm going to have to be realistic on this one. 1-0 City, Gray's gone. 3-1 Newcastle. 3-1 Newcastle. I'm going to go straight off the bat for a draw. I'm going to say 2-2, because as you say, over the years, it's been quite a tasty fixture for goals. Um, but I am slightly more optimistic than Ali. So 2-2. It makes me sound crazy, doesn't it? does a little bit, yeah, but we'll leave that in. We'll have to get Hodgie's <laughs> prediction once he's finished either playing golf or drinking or doing both at the same time. There you go. That rounds us up. Game week one, podcast one, done. Uh, I guess all that's left to say now is thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Cheers all. Bye. Bye. Oh, me lads. You should have seen us coming. Passing the ports along the road. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.